to a pick and roll to Thompson with a lay and counted and a foul. What do you know? Pick and roll, and it works for two. And Anna Carrico across the timeline. And a head full of steam to the rack with a right hand layup, and it's good. Out of fourth down and three. Out of the pistol. He's going to throw it. Drops back. Back to the end zone. Caught! Touchdown! Eastern Michigan! Groundhog Day has come and gone, and Kyle Ludlow, you saw your shadow, and you're here for another podcast. Yeah, that's exactly what it was all depending on. No, I, I came to work without a coat today. The heat is here. I'm ready for the spring seasons to start. Well, it's funny you mentioned that, because the spring does start today. Golf in action. Baseball gets going next week. Who needs this winter crap anymore, That's right? right. Uh, polar vortex, gone. We survived it. Now bring on the, the rainy days that we get to spend out of no strike. Sunny in 75. It can't <laughs> be here soon enough. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Eastern Insider Podcast. As you heard, he's Kyler Ludlow. I'm Greg Center. Reunited once more after we were apart last week due to men's basketball being on the road. And what do you know? School being closed three days. So it's fun <laughs> to be back at it. Kyler, uh, we had a busy weekend that saw, uh, unfortunately, basketball come up a little short in in two games at home, but we saw some good performances on the track side of things, and the swimming and diving team closing out their dual meet season undefeated. Yeah, and swim and dive still has some pretty fun meets out in front of them as well before the the MAC tournament really kicks off. So uh, exciting for them to get a good senior day victory, really just dominating Albion. And yeah, the, the basketball didn't didn't go uh, great. And unfortunately, overtime loss for the women is the one that really stings. And uh, you got the chance to talk to Coach Castro uh, and address a little bit of that. And that's coming up later on in the show. Yeah, talk to him. It is his birthday. So make sure if you're on social media to wish Coach Castro a very happy birthday. And uh, yeah, unfortunately, it was not the present he was hoping for, falling in overtime. Uh, but you look back at that contest, 14 second chance points the Huskies had in the fourth quarter. Yeah, It's just hard to, to stop something like that. Uh, but they get their chance coming up on Wednesday, the midweek game. The men don't have one this week. They're not back in action until Saturday. But it's a very important Saturday game. Northern Illinois, a team which just two weeks ago knocked off a nationally ranked Buffalo squad. They'll be in attendance. And more importantly, you get to talk to Britta Brown, who uh, fills us in on the men's basketball alumni weekend with some big-time names and faces coming back. Yeah, I think it's it's going to be a great weekend. And part of it that Britta talks about is you know, some of the biggest names that Eastern has uh, in its history. And Earl Boykins is going to be back here this weekend and give fans a chance to get back and see him. I know uh, after his professional career, he settled out in the Mountain West, out in Denver. So the opportunities to actually see him uh, have been few and far between. But he's going to be back. Coach Ben Braun's going to be back and actually serving as analyst, taking your job for the day. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> a guy who has 613 wins in his career and me, I, 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 I think he can take the microphone for a weekend. Yeah, so Coach Braun will be back. Coach Ramsey will be back. It's a really fun, multi-generational as far as the players go coming back for this event. Uh, should be a really cool opportunity for fans to see some people they haven't uh, necessarily seen in a long time. Well, and then you also have the opportunity to interact with them. They'll be honored at halftime, so a chance to try to get your favorite Eagles signature from the past and 
an important weekend, too, for the aspect that it is also the first pitch dinner for the EMU baseball team. That's usually their uh, kickoff, basically, to start off their year. They'll be in action starting next Friday down in Hoover, Alabama, taking out NJIT. So I sat down with first-year head coach, even though it's technically year two to be in charge after earning the full-time job after being an interim last year to get his thoughts on the upcoming season. That's Eric Roof, as his team will be on the road to get their season going next weekend. But a good long visit with him uh, and some really exciting things in store for EMU baseball this year. But we also talk, get to talk to him about the first pitch dinner, which Willie Horton, guy before either of our times, but uh, in Detroit sports history, one of the greatest Tigers to ever live led them to a World Series title. He'll be in attendance this weekend at that first pitch dinner. Yeah, and that dinner, as Coach mentions, has grown and grown uh, each year that they've had it. And last year, Kirk Gibson. Now this year, one of, I believe he said, eight numbers retired by the Tigers is going to be. I mean, what a what a fun night. Uh, and really, to top it off of a basketball alumni weekend with a first pitch dinner, uh, sh- should be a really cool weekend for EMU fans to take part of. And you still also have the aspect you can come out on Friday night, 6 p.m. start, for free gymnastics. Western Michigan in the house, Katie Minnesota and her club back in action here in the convo, free as always as you can get out there. And then we start the week off, women's golf and match play action down in Florida at uh, Lakewood Ranch. And then next Monday, the men will take over. They get their season kick-started as Bruce Cunningham and crew will be down in Dade City a week from now. Yeah, and we've also got the track and field. Women's track is split up as part of the team will be at the Iowa State Classic. Another part will be at the Kent State Doug Raymond National Qualifier. Uh, and the men's track and field team is at the Grand Valley State Big Meet. Uh, that's on Friday and Saturday. So a ton going on in Women's hoops going on the same time the men's hoops uh, play on Saturday at 2 o'clock, but nearby at Toledo. Yeah, good chance for you to go down and, and visit and watch them uh, in store this week. So plenty in store around EMU Athletics, and we certainly hope you can make it a part to be at some of them this upcoming week. And without further ado, we get right into the heart of our show. And also make sure... Kyler has his presence waiting for Coach Castro as the birthday boys up next. With the Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan mobile app, you can manage your health care coverage anytime, anyplace, anywhere. Download it now from the Apple Store or Google Play. Our weekly sit down with TMU head coach Fred Castro, his team coming off an overtime setback to Northern Illinois on Saturday. They're on the road twice this week starting Wednesday with a road tilt at Miami. Coach, let's take a look back at a game over the weekend. It was a contest where your team was stunned late in regulation uh, and then went to overtime, came up a little short. Thoughts on on the, the game against the Huskies? Yeah, disappointed. Uh, obviously, it's uh, we always want to protect home court, and I thought we played three quarters of really good basketball. Uh, the the second chance opportunities that they got in the fourth quarter really um, did us in and and uh, even in overtime we gave ourselves an opportunity and they they give NIU credit they they out executed us uh, essentially from offense defense perspective uh, but we gave ourselves every chance I thought we played a really good three quarters and we just need to continue to play a 40 minute game to put teams away 
Autumn Hudson once again has a, a big game for her, a career high in rebounds with 12. She has a block and eight points to her credit. She does a lot uh, in the early stages there, continuing your, your post-development. But what was Autumn able to do so successfully against NIU? Yeah, I thought both her and KJ were really good when we got them the ball. I think as a group they went 7 for 11 from the field. We needed to continue to get them the ball in the fourth quarter. I think the pace of the game kind of warmed down a little bit, and we weren't able to get the same quality touches that we were getting early in the game. So it was something that we've uh, continued to work on, um, but I'm really excited about their development and how we're finding them uh, within the flow of our offense. With this being the third game that you've played in overtime this year, certainly you use those moments as, as teaching things for, for youthful kids. How much is overtime different to play than, than a, just a traditional game for, for kids that as you're trying to help them learn how to win and, and put teams away? Yeah, I think it's a combination of things. You know, I think our experience and our youth, our lack of experience, I think unfortunately doesn't help us in those scenarios right now. Uh, we're learning lessons the hard way. It's, those are also situations where you have one one break here, one break there. It completely changes those scenarios, but I do think we're learning from them. We are getting better. And then the lack of depth, I think, is where it really comes into play, where we're playing six, maybe seven players. Um, it, it just starts to wear on you. And you look at our shooting percentages in those quarters, they're just not done anything to brag about. So um, the big thing is that we're giving opportunities. It's not the fourth quarter. It's not the last two minutes of the game that is doing us in. It's, you know, that third quarter run that we allow to happen, um, second chance opportunities when we stop them initially, but we don't finish the possessions. Uh, and and we, we're really trying to address the root of the problem as opposed to the just the last minute, uh, last second plays. This week you you head out to take on a Miami club that's won five straight. It's a, a squad that you split last year, the two games you played, each team winning on their home court. But Miami this year has already knocked off CMU when they're a, a team that plays very well in their home building. Uh, what's the challenge this week for the Red Hawks? Yeah, they're playing with a lot of confidence, playing really well. Um, fortunately for us, I uh, we could have gone 2-0 and against them last year very easily. Uh, we're probably a block charge away from, from winning at home here. Uh, we played really well at their place last year. I thought we had a lot of energy. Uh, we're going to have to continue to play that way. We're going to have to have that kind of mentality and mindset um, to play well at their place. They've got three quality players um, that provide a lot of challenges for defenses. Um, but I think we have a... a, a the personnel and uh, that can give them some problems because of our athleticism and our size. Uh, but we're going to need to play a full 40-minute game on the road, uh, and we're going to have to knock down some shots. They are very good offensively. They're a very efficient uh, defensive team. They really try and force you to your weaknesses. So we'll need to be um, very disciplined and play with great effort on the road. When you have a team that has a great score like Dickerson that can do so much about you last year, 33 points in the game here at the Convocation Center. Uh, what does she do well, and, and how do you try to take her out of out of what she wants to do in that score? Yeah, and I think sometimes you look at it as do you let them get what they want and then limit everybody else, or do you just take her away? And, uh, you know, both games we played them last year, we held them to very under their season averages, so I, I, f I felt good about that. 
Uh, I, I felt at home we just didn't score enough against them. Uh, on the road at their place, we, we shot the ball really well. We got to the rim. We got to the free throw line. And, you know, we only got five free throw attempts last game. So we're going to have to attack the rim hard. We're going to have to create more free throw opportunities for this for our, our guards and our post play. And then we're going to have to go up there and knock them down. So it, if it, it's a kind of combination if you don't want to get her, let her get going because she's very streaky. But at the same time, you don't want by taking her away completely to open up the rest of um, their offense because they their other players are quality players that can knock down shots. Second game of the week will be a trip to Toledo, Ohio, and always difficult to play inside Savage Arena. Uh, the Rockets have already hosted that was the number one team in the country at one point, the uh, Fighting Irish of Notre Dame. You'll get them in their building. What is Trisha Collip's squad this year? What have you seen from them so far on tape? Very good defensively. Um, they are tough. They are very disciplined. Um, and they have a two-headed monster in, in their point guard and their, in their starting five-man and uh, Boyd and McIntyre. And those guys really run the ship for them. Um, and it's it's those two seniors, um, you can tell they're playing like seniors. They're playing with a sense of urgency. Um, and they're leading their team. So uh, it, on the road, Toledo provides that, that uh, you know, that environment because they do get a good home crowd. Um, I think it's something our players relish, to be honest with you. I thought we played pretty well at their place. We we uh, we came up a little bit short, but I thought we 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 handled that very well. Um, so a great opportunity uh, this week to go get two tough road wins. I mean, uh, you go win at Miami and you go win at Toledo, you're really doing something. Um, and the fact that we're we're overall we've played pretty well at home. I mean, we're it doesn't matter who comes in here, uh, we're we're stepping up to the challenge. We just got to make sure we finish opponents off here at home. Best of luck to you this week. I know nothing makes a birthday more enjoyable than trying to get a few wins under your belt. No question about it. Coach, appreciate your time as always. We'll catch up with you next week here on the Eastern Insider Podcast. Do you want to eat something better than ramen? Come to Candy Cane Wireless, your local Boost mobile dealer, and get all the data and hotspot you need to feed your brain while having money left over to eat more than noodles. Boost Mobile by Candy Cane Wireless, located at 3033 Packard Street, in Ann Arbor. Welcome inside the Eastern Insider Podcast. I'm Kyler Ludlow, and I'm joined today, a two-time appearance on this podcast, Britta Brown, Assistant AD for Development. Last time we talked, it was about the bowl trip. This time, another fun event coming up for Eastern Michigan fans and men's basketball alumni alike. As Saturday, February 9th at 2 o'clock, the Eagles play Northern Illinois, but it's a nice basketball alumni weekend, and we get Britta here to talk about it. Tell us a little bit about this. Let's start with, how did the idea for this you know, alumni weekend come about? Yeah, sure. Um, so a lot of our teams do um, you know, get their alumni to come back together and um, just really you know, be able to re-engage with the university and especially the athletic department and their specific teams. And when we were playing at Duke, we really were trying to get that 96 team back together who had beaten Duke um, when they played here. And then as we were kind of doing that outreach, we had realized that a lot of the guys just in general from men's basketball hadn't gotten together. And so we wanted to create a way for all of the alums from any time they played here to be able to come back together. 
And so then came the idea of having an alumni day uh, for men's basketball. And so we're really excited for it and um, look forward to having the guys back. Um, for fans, there's going to be uh, some recognition during the game and everything that's, again, at 2 o'clock on Saturday against NIU. Uh, but what's all happening in terms of the entire weekend for the guys coming back? Yeah, so for the weekend, um, we do we did invite them to be able to go to the Pistons game Friday night. Um, so just as like a guys night out um, and getting together. So that will be Friday. And then Saturday here at the Convocation Center, we'll do an alumni lunch for them. Uh, so that'll be a time for them as well as their families. Um, so uh, they'll be able to get together here uh, in the Convo. And then we will all head over to watch the game together. Um, there'll be a halftime recognition for all the alum that are in attendance. Um, so we're really looking forward to that and just being able to honor, you know, just the history and legacy of basketball here and what all of them have done for our program. Um, and so fans will be able to see them on court, um, which will be really cool. Well, and so when you're uh, in your office, in particular development, what is the importance of having an event like this to kind of engage the alumni back with, you know, the fans that packed out not the Convocation Center in a lot of their cases, uh, Bowen Fieldhouse, but, you know, bringing back these players from yesteryear to be back on campus. Yeah, absolutely. You know, for us, it's really special. Um, you know, one of the things that we really are focused on in our department in the development office is really building those relationships with our former student athletes. Um, and so anytime we can find a way to be able to get them to come back to campus um, is really special for us. It's special for us, for all of us who work in athletics, but as well as for our fans. And so we really just want to bridge that gap in the community um, and then just get people back involved in what we're doing here at Eastern. Um, we have a lot of great things going on and a lot of projects, you know, that we have coming up. And so just being able to get everybody um, involved and enjoying being a part of the Eastern family. So we're excited. Yeah, absolutely. And now if there are any men's basketball alumni in particular who are here in this, who haven't uh, gotten in contact with you yet? Um, how can they get signed up if you know they're wanting to make a trip back to Southeast Michigan this weekend? Absolutely. Well, if you are a men's basketball alum, please come back. <laughs> um, we would love to have you. Uh, it's going to be a really fun day, and uh, we look forward to what we'll be able to do um, for you guys. Uh, you can call the development office. It's 734-487-8684 or there is a great press release that just went out about this fun day, and all the information is in there, uh, as well as how you can RSVP. And if you're interested uh, in coming to the game as a fan, the number for the ticket office is 734-487-3669, or you can go online at emueagles.com slash tickets and order your tickets there. So, Britta, thanks a bunch for joining us and uh, filling us in what's happening this weekend. We look forward to it. Thank you so much, Kyler, and we look forward to seeing all the fans and our alums this weekend. That's another segment of the Eastern Insider Podcast. We'll be right back with some more. Looking for a ride? Trinity Transportation has the vehicle for you. From luxurious motor coaches to cozy sedans, Trinity Transportation is prepared to take you to your destination. Check out their fleet of vehicles at trinitytransportation.com or call 877-284-4200 to book today. That's trinitytransportation.com or 877-284-4200. Trinity Transportation, the official transportation provider of Eastern Michigan Athletics. After surviving the polar vortex, it's time to think a little more warm thoughts as EMU baseball gets ready to go starting February 15th down in the state of Alabama, joined by head coach Eric Roof. And what a year it's been. You think back to just over a year ago when you were thrust into a, a position that I don't know you were 
ready or expecting for, but you grew into the position. Now, a year later, you're the full-time boss. For sure, yeah. It was a uh, definitely an interesting year one, but um, I think the good thing is you're able to learn from some of those experiences, and you're able to grow, and you continue to uh, build off of it. So it was exciting year one, and you know we're really looking forward to year two and continue to grow the program. You found your team in the MAC tournament, uh, a good run, found ways to get a guy drafted, and three all-MAC teamers. The only problem is one of those guys returns in Zach Owings. How does the 2018 club shape up differently than the 2019 club? Yeah, well, uh, one thing from the uh, 18 club, we only had three seniors on the roster, so we weren't really losing a lot. Max Schumann, our junior shortstop, did get drafted, and he had a tremendous opportunity to go out and play professional baseball. So I was really excited for him, his family, and the program. You know, when you get the spotlight like that and you get the recognition that shows you that our guys are producing, our players are producing, scouts notice, major league teams are noticing. Um, so we didn't lose a lot from last year's team. You sprinkle that in with, uh, you know, some new guys. I think we've got seven high school players, two junior college players with those returning guys. I think we have a lot to build off of. If we're able to continue to grow and each guy get a little bit better, we can lean on some of those returning guys. Again, you sprinkle in some of those junior college players and the, the youth of the young guys. I think it's a good mix overall, and we're looking forward to it. You look at last year, and certainly you had to, to tinker with the lineup a lot based on, on some guys going down, and hopefully they return healthy in, in 2019. But in a way, that also allowed you to experience and put guys in different situations that probably helped them grow uh, as well by playing maybe out of a position or in a role maybe a, a year sooner than they expected yeah absolutely when you look over a season and you look over a lineup you kind of try to play out every scenario that could happen and uh, it never fails year after year something comes up and um, something's unexpected so what ends up happening is you build your roster to have depth in different spots and some versatility in different spots that guys can slide over and be able to help guys out so the biggest key for us as coaches is to put guys in position to succeed so whether that's we're facing the lefty, facing the righty, um, need more speed out there, need a better defensive lineup, it's cold, so you have to scrap together a run. Maybe it's warm. We can put a little bit more of an offensive lineup into it. But whenever you're able to do that, some guys last year stepped up and really had some valuable at-bats, valuable experiences that now I think they're going to be more prepared than maybe they would have been if those guys would have been healthy last year. So that just makes us deeper and stronger for the 2019 year. You touched on your coaching staff. You return A.J. Octor for the second year, and a masterful job he was able to do with your pitching staff a year ago. What is now in year two he able to do differently as that pitching coach? Yeah, A.J. did a tremendous job this past year. Um, it's crazy that he was just only with the team for six weeks before our first game. So just starting to get used to faces, hey, what pitch are you throwing, and all that. Now, with it being year two, he's had that experience of seeing those guys. He's had the fall with them as well. He's been able to see our, our incoming guys play out in summer ball. So he's able to build a relationship with them, and they're also able to kind of get a feel for him, how he's going to call pitches, what his throwing program is about, the training, the conditioning, etc. So I'm really looking forward to see how that evolves with the pitching staff. But um, he's done a tremendous job in one year, and it's only going to continue to get better. And then you add your brother Jonathan to the mix as well. He comes in after last year being a volunteer at Missouri. And good to reunite together, but an ability now to, to make an impact with him as a full-time assistant. For sure. You know, Jonathan, he's one of my closest friends, even as a brother. We've 
played together in college. He had a chance to play professional baseball as well. He's coached at some high programs. So what he brings to the table is just a different way of thinking, a different way of doing things, maybe stuff that we haven't done in the past, maybe stuff that he has learned as his time in, in coaching or professionally that he can relate to the team. So it's just a different window, but again, the same goal. Same goal. When you have a staff, you have a team, you have a program together with the same goals. We love the new ideas. We love different ways of thinking, different way of growing, different way of building. So it's great to have him on board. He is going to work with the infielders and the hitters, and um, he's done a great job so far. Here with EMU head baseball coach Eric Roof, and you touched on doing things differently. A lot of people, especially in baseball now, are heavily in the analytics game, and I know you tried your best to, to dabble in there. In the off season, you have the alumni step up and purchase you a program called RepSoto. What does that and the entire analytics world help mean for you as a coach? Yeah, well, first off, I think, you know, this game of baseball has been played for over 100 years, about 120 years. And I would say for the first 110 years, it's basically been this is the way we've always done it. And if you look at any successful business, they aren't successful by just doing it the way they've always done it. They've always continued to grow, maybe get a little bit better, stronger, faster, whatever the case may be. So it's really exciting to see how baseball has evolved just even since I've been done playing those last seven years or so. Um, what we've been able to do, our alumni stepped up, able to get us Rap Soto, and now we can incorporate that to our bullpens, incorporate that to our player development, incorporate it to recruiting, just another asset or another resource to, to develop your guys. So it's not going to be the end-all, be-all, but we can use that to say, all right, this guy's fastball works better if he pitches at the top of the zone. This guy's breaking ball is a little bit sharper if he's able to locate it here as opposed to there. And when you do that together, again, you can put your players in the best position to succeed, but we're really looking forward to it. We're continuing to learn more. AJ's got some different resources. I've got some different resources, Jonathan, et cetera, where we can lean on some major league teams and say, hey, how does the Angels do it? Hey, how does the Tigers do it? Hey, how does the Red Sox do it? And when you are able to build all those connections, then you can kind of see, all right, this is what they're doing with it. If we want our guys to play at the next level, and that's what they're wanting as well, now let's implement it to stay at the cutting edge of technology. 2019 season gets underway in Hoover, Alabama. You take on NJIT, a Northern club. First time your ball club will open against a team from the North since 2000. And ability to get outside, always different than playing indoors, but I know you're itching to get outside. What does it mean to take on an NJIT in the first game? Yeah, just a tremendous opportunity for us to get going. You know, being inside, you have some limitations, but we do have enough facilities in place to prepare our guys to get ready to go. I think the advantages that it has is we're both in the same situation. New Jersey Institute and Technology and us, we're inside, we're getting used to the elements, guys are throwing, but it's not that everyday reps that you would get outside like you do in the fall or like you do if you're a, a southern team um, so we're looking forward to it we're looking forward to the the warm weather it's cold outside right now it's about a foot of snow on the ground um, but I think what it can do is just it helps prepare you for the rest of the season we understand that the first weekend the first couple games we're not going to be at our best but we want to be prepared for everything that comes that way so as long as we continue to grow and practice and continue to grow in the games that can help us for spring break the following week that can help us for conference play a month later and that can help us for the postseason later on schedule will certainly be tested once again you got the likes of notre dame early on you go to tcu before getting in the heart of mid-american conference play uh in 
mid-March, but you look at this and the ultimate goal is to hoist a trophy in May. What are those non-conference games help set you up for heading into the MAC tournament? I think the first thing it does is it puts you in a tough environment right from the start. You know, TCU is a great atmosphere. It's a team that goes to the World Series every year, every other year. So if you want to win championships and you want to play in regionals, you have to prepare yourself for that environment. What that does also, we last year I think we were top five in the country playing freshmen. So it helps speed up that learning curve with those young guys. We throw those guys right in the fire. We're not going to baby them. And we want to prepare them ultimately for those um, those MAC games, the conference games, and then the, the MAC tournament. So those non-conference games, if you can have good atmospheres, if you can have good environments, if you can have good crowds, now our players can get used to that. And, again, that's how we practice and that's how we play they're more prepared, and then the program can continue to grow. Fundamental certainly a heavy part of, of your game plan last year. The, the ability to bunt and also steal bases were key priorities. And you look at the, the guys you've got returning, the likes of Nate Jones, Nick Jones, uh, Pegs, Hager, Owings, all guys that can put contact with the ball as well as steal some bases for you too. For sure. When you're, when you're building a club, you look at, what's the best way for your team to succeed we're a northern team our field is a little bit bigger so we don't have the ability to just sit back and wait for the three-run home run i like putting as much pressure on the defense as possible so when you have different options you put a lot of pressure on them we talk about as a team we're almost like a swiss army knife you got a bunch of different tools in your in your tool shed and you can use those different tools to kind of take advantage of some teams. So sometimes it's bunting, sometimes it's hit and run, sometimes it's stealing. Sometimes we can wait back and maybe get a couple doubles or hit some balls in the, over the fence. But, again, we're trying to put as much pressure on the defense, and that's how it kind of starts with recruiting. And then you ultimately have to make sure your roster looks that way to put them in the best position. On the pitching side of it, a lot of new faces. How do you see the, the rotation shaping up at this point we still know a long way to go but just some guys that show a lot of promise yeah we do see a, a lot of promise I think the one thing that you'll notice this year from last year is there's more depth and that was the almost the number one priority last year at this time we need to be deeper on the mound you can never be deep enough whether that's in the big leagues college or high school level we had a lot of weekend guys go out and graduate so we've lost a couple weekend guys but Shaver's a guy that pitched a lot on the weekend last year. He should be a weekend rotation guy. We have some guys that um, are coming in from the junior college that I think can be in that rotation as well. And some freshmen have really stepped up as well. So we're still, I think, 11 practices, 12 practices away from deciding who those guys are going to be. But we're still using practice to see where that stands. So the depth is going to help us out. The experience is going to help us out. I think the back end of our bullpen can be really good with some lefty righties, some guys that have have some really good velocity and um, since I've been here this is probably the hardest throwing staff that we've had so when you add the velocity with a little bit of a mix of again the youth and the experience we should have a, a chance to, to throw some different things out there. Everybody looks forward to opening day, but also a date that everybody has on their calendar or has been the leadoff dinner, and that is quickly approaching as well. A great fundraising tool for your program, but also a good ability to bring somebody well-known in to talk uh, about their experiences, and you've had that coming up next weekend with Willie Horton coming to town. Yeah, it's going to be really cool. That leadoff dinner kicks off the season for us. I know our guys are fired up. The parents are fired up. Each year it gets a little bit bigger and bigger, and um, it's just a tremendous opportunity to have that. We're going to also honor Gary Clark, an alumni here, played baseball, played basketball, and then bringing a guy like Willie Horton I think is really cool. There's only eight guys retired in the Detroit Tigers organization, organizations as, as strong and as rich as anybody in the major leagues. And for him to come out and give back, 
talk to the team, talk to the program. It's going to be a fun night, and um, I can't wait to hear him talk. I can't wait to interact with him a little bit just to hear his experiences. I know what he's meant to the city of Detroit, what he's meant to the state, and what he's meant to just Major League Baseball in general. It'll be really cool to have him on campus and to hear what he has to say. If somebody is interested in attending or donating to that cause, how do they do so? They can go online. Online on our website has the online registration. So you go to emueagles.com, then click on the baseball link. You can go from there. Tickets, I believe, are $125 per person. Either that, they can contact Brendan Cash, who his email address is online as well, and he can help get those guys uh, logged in. Coach, we appreciate your time. We know we'll catch up with plenty more during the baseball season. Best of luck as you wrap up the early winter schedule and get ready to go against NJIT. Thanks a lot, Greg. I appreciate it. Hi guys, this is Nicole Remedios, and this is another segment of Peanuts Gallery. Today we're switching up a little bit. We are joined with student manager... Trayvon Tiggs. And what team are you helping out with slash involved in? Women's basketball. Okay, you were a little confused, not sure. <laughs> um, so just some basic questions. So you're a student here. I am. What year are you? This is my fourth year. Okay, so fourth and final or fourth and continuing? Fourth and one year left. Okay, so seeing where you go with that. And your major? Sport management. Okay, is that, um, yeah, so you're continuing that and you this is your fourth year in it? Or yeah. is it? Okay, um, yeah. I have one more semester left. Okay, are you excited for it to be over or kind of sad for it to be over? I'm excited because I've been in school my whole life. <laughs> I'm just ready to get it over. Ready to move on, leave schooling behind and the go with world. it. The real world, exactly. So, like we mentioned, you're the student manager for the women's basketball team. How'd you get involved or get into that? Well, my freshman year, my uh, sister committed here to play basketball. Oh, nice. And um, they were looking for managers, so they asked me if I wanted to be a part of the team. And, like, they were always texting me and asking me, but yeah. I was never – I thought, like, no, I didn't want to do it. But I finally came in one practice, did some paperwork, and I – just been loving it ever since. That's awesome. So you've done it since freshman year you've been here? Uh, yep, yep. So what are some of your responsibilities? What do you do for the team? So I like set up equipment for practice. Nice. I make sure that the coaches have whatever they need, the players. Yeah. Um, on the road, I handle uniforms, food, and... Uh, food is hard. I've is. done it before being injured for soccer, and it's, it's stressful. It is, yep. <laughs> That's a big responsibility. No one understands, but it's actually difficult. Ordering it, getting everyone's orders right. Who's is there anyone picky? Like you have to have make them a special order. Um, I don't necessarily do like the choosing. I just yeah. like when the food gets to uh, the bus after the game. Organize it, nice. I like organize everything. Nice. So, basketball. Have you always been like loved basketball? You said your sister plays or played here. Yeah. Did it's a family sport or? Um, on my mom's side, it was just always me and her that played. Yeah. And my older brother played too, so it's just a family thing. Nice. And so playing you've played there's some manager games I've been told about <laughs> what are these manager games like what do you what are they so when we're playing against like another like Mac opponent we'll um contact the other school and like their managers and see if they want to play like a pickup game um <laughs> it'll be two 20 minute halves a running clock the last the second half the last two minutes to stop and yeah. we just play for fun that's awesome do a lot of t- uh, like other schools are like, do they think it's weird, or they think that's, like, cool sort of thing? Because um, I've never heard of that before. Yeah, so it's, like, a like it's a popular thing. Yeah. So 
on Twitter, you would see, like, let's say, for example, Ball State, they have managers, um, Western Michigan, CMU. So on the guy's side, they actually play games almost like every time, like, they play with each other. So, for example, the guys here, they play in manager games, and sometimes they ask me to play. That's awesome. And uh, I, on the women's side, we had our first manager game against CMU, uh, i say about two weeks ago. Yeah. We played them. It was a fun experience. We had five people, but it was oh. our first game. <laughs> That's awesome. That's actually fun. Um, so now you're part of the team. We got some questions for you that have been requested. So they keep calling you Trey Cash. Is that a nickname? Yes. How'd that come or how'd that form? Honestly, I forgot. I think one day I just woke up and I was like, I like money. I want to have a lot of money. And I just came around and I just started saying, like, call me Trey Cash. And it was just so a you joke came at up first. With it. I did. And it was a joke at first, but now it's like... Everyone calls it. It just kind of stuck around. That's yes. awesome. Um, also, I hear you're a twin. I am. That's does boy girl twin. Yes. Oh wow! Does she go here? No, she transferred after freshman year. Okay, you guys close. We are. Do you have that twin telepathy sort of thing? Mm, sometimes. Sometimes, <laughs> answer questions at the same time or any of that fun stuff. Nah. No. <laughs> Maybe when we were younger, but now yeah, that we're older. That's true. Um, you also have a crazy a, a diet that you're into. A this diet. Is, yeah. Let's like, I've been told to tell ask about your diet. Like, what's the craziest thing you've tried? Craziest thing. Yeah. Are you a big food guy? I am not. Oh, you're not. No. So picky. Very. So what's like your go-to? My go-to chicken tenders. <laughs> Chicken tenders and fries, that's my go-to. <laughs> that's when you know someone's picky. They'll order only chicken tenders and fries. That's cool. Um, um, do you have a good um, Coach Adam story for us? Coach Adam story? Yeah. Mm, like a good story, a bad story? A, a memorable story. Memorable story would be... Hmm, that's a good question, too. <laughs> okay. Or we'll do, what's your most memorable story with the team this year? With the team this yeah. year? Yeah. What's your, been your, like, top highlight moment? Going to Florida. Okay. That was, like, my second time going, and I think we all enjoyed ourselves. But yeah. But it would have been better if we would have got the wins. But other than that, I think we all enjoyed the weather and the hospitality. Yeah, team trips are always the best. Always. Lots of fun. Well, thanks for joining me. I'm Nicole Remedios, and this was Peanuts Gallery. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Eastern Insider Podcast. You can find the Eastern Insider on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and of course, emueagles.com. Please leave us a rating and let us know how we're doing. Until next week, go Eagles.